So last week, I was listening in to a photography conversation that was happening on Clubhouse. And I've talked about this a little bit over the past few weeks. Um, I'm still new to Clubhouse, but I'm really enjoying it. So if you are on Clubhouse and we are not yet linked up, be sure to uh, come and follow me and join in conversations that I'm having on there because um, I think it really is a cool platform and a really nice way to connect in a more um, connected way than a lot of other social media platforms. Um, but the conversation that I was listening to was exactly the sort of thing that I think makes Clubhouse so great. It was a really high quality, good photography-related uh, conversation that was had some really great information. People were joining in and expressing their opinions and asking questions. And the conversation was sort of generally related to business and marketing and that sort of thing. But in the course of the conversation, one of the moderators mentioned that she doesn't like to use automations um, because she has sort of a more manual system. She was talking about how she really runs a lot of her business off of a Google spreadsheet. Uh, and she just does everything very much by hand. But the way she was talking about it was not from a point of view of frustration or um, overwhelm. She was saying that, you know, she really likes this system. She's been using it for a long time. Uh, and she specifically said that she had always shied away from automating things because she didn't want her clients to feel like she wasn't giving them a great experience with lots of personal attention. Specifically, she gave an example of a uh, like an email going out that was scheduled, but then um, should have been changed because the circumstances changed. And so the clients would get this email that they knew was inappropriate and they would kind of see behind the curtain and they would know that she was automating things. And she was saying, you know, that didn't fit her business model. She didn't want to leave those sorts of things to chance. Um, and so she didn't automate things. And you guys, <laughs> as you can imagine, I raised my hand and I jumped up there and I had to had to talk about that a little bit because you know that I am all about automations. I believe they are the bee's knees um, and they truly are. Uh, the thing that has allowed me to kind of revolutionize the way that my business runs. But what was really interesting to me and what kept me thinking after I got off that call and all the way to the point that I was like, I have to record a podcast episode about this, was the fact that this photographer is somebody I know. Um, she's been in business for a long time. She's super organized. This is not a person who has just not had the time to implement automations or hasn't learned about automations, she was actively choosing not to. But I believe that that choice was based on wrong information. And so today I am going to be talking about three misconceptions that I think it is highly possible that you might have <laughs> about automations and what they mean in your business. And I want to address those because I believe absolutely to my core, that when they are done right, automations are not only a game changer for you and your business, but can absolutely make your client's experience a much better one. And be sure to stick around till the end of the episode because I've got a freebie for you that if you are new to automations is going to help make this process a little bit easier. Welcome to This Can't Be That Hard. My name is Anami Tonkin, and I help photographers run profitable, sustainable businesses that they love. 
Each week on the podcast, I cover simple, actionable strategies and systems that photographers at every level of experience can use to earn more money in a more sustainable way. Running a photography business doesn't have to be that hard. You can do it, and I can show you how. So misconception number one is that automations always have to be fully automated. (laughs) And I can understand why this is a misconception. But this was really the crux of the conversation that I was having with this photographer on Clubhouse. And I was explaining to her that in most cases, the automations that I have set up in my business don't actually automatically do anything for the client. Instead, when certain triggers happen, my automations tell me it's time to take the next step, and then I have control. So let's take the example of an email, because it's an easy one. So let's say that in the course of my client um, experience, I want them to get emails at certain junctures of the process. And let's say one of those is that two days before a session, I send a reminder email. Now, I could set that up in my CRM as an automatic email that goes out directly to the client saying, you know, I can't wait to see you in two days. Here's the location that we've agreed upon and the date and the time. And it would remind them and I could write it in a way that sounded like a real email and all that sort of stuff. But let's say that three days before the session, so one day before, the client had reached out to me and said, my kid is sick, or looks like the weather in three days is going to be terrible. Can we reschedule? Or something along those lines. And I had talked to them, but I hadn't gone into my CRM and changed everything yet. So that automation would automatically trigger and they would still get the email. And that could certainly be confusing. They could say, I thought we just talked about this yesterday. We're not going to have the session in two days because my kid is sick. And I would have to say, oh, sorry, that automatically went out. I know we're, we're good. It's not the end of the world if that were to happen, but it's certainly, you know, it's not ideal. So instead of setting it up that way, where those emails get automatically sent to my client, I have my CRM remind me that it's time to send the email. So I sit down at my computer two days before that person's session and on my CRM, on my list of things to do that day is the email that I need to send to the client. And so I go into my email templates and I tweak the email to say, hey, you know, it's all pre-written and pre-loaded with their session date and time and location and all that sort of thing. But I can tweak it to say, looks like the weather is going to be beautiful. Or I, you know, can't wait to see your new puppy or whatever the case may be to make it a little bit more personal. It's mostly written. I don't have to start from scratch. It takes me three seconds. Um, but I do have the ability to touch that before it goes to the client so that if something has changed, I am able to accommodate for that. My brain works better <laughs> sometimes than uh, than the computer. But the, you know, so it doesn't take zero time. Like a true automation would just go straight out. But it probably takes, you know, even if you had, let's say, four emails that you needed to send, it would probably only take 10 minutes instead of 
the hour that it would take me to look through all of my client timelines and think about like, oh, okay, I've got this and this and this, and I need to send an email to this person and writing out that those four separate emails, right? But even beyond the time, um, the nice thing about these automations is that it allows this process to take up almost zero space in my brain. And for me, that is as valuable as the time savings. So I know once the you know automatically generated list is all checked off in my CRM that I can just turn my focus to other things. And that was truly one of the most profound changes that happened once I implemented a CRM in my business years ago. So another example of this would be like if you wanted to automate gift giving for your clients, like you send them a gift after they book you or you send a gift after the session is over or whatever. And maybe this is something in your business that you like to personalize. So if it's a you know, if you're a family photographer and let's say you like to send children's books to your clients as a thank you gift and you always try and make note of what children's books they have in their house if you shoot in home or, you know, you like to just kind of tweak it depending on who the client is, that's fine and I appreciate that level of personalization. However, you don't have to reinvent the wheel every time. You can make this a sort of semi-automatic process by choosing kind of a category of gift or a store from which you always send one of three or four things and you, you know, call up that local bookshop and you say, "Hey, I like to send my clients books from your store after, you know, our sessions as a thank you gift to them." Number 1, you're going to make really good friends with the small local bookshop owner if you set up this kind of thing. Or let's say maybe it's a bakery and you call them up and you say, I love your pastries. I'd like to send a box of fresh pastries to my clients as a thank you gift for booking. They are going to want to help you. This is the, you know, a perfect and very natural way to set up a co-marketing kind of a thing or lay the foundation for that kind of relationship. And you can say to them, I really like your, um, you know, your raspberry scones and your chocolate chip cookies and your apple pie. I, I'm totally pulling this out of my butt. Um, but you can establish with them, like, I'm going to call you and I'm going to say, I want, um, you know, chocolate chip cookies and this is the address that I need it sent to. And I would like you to send a note with each of those that says this, but I'm going to give you their name so that you can put right hand right in the personal name. That taking that time to have that conversation and sort of set up that semi-automatic process. So your CRM pings you, hey, it's time to send pastries to this client, and you place a three-minute phone call to this bakery that already knows that, you know, you have this process set up, it's going to become so much faster and so much easier. And you're not going to be faced with the like, oh yeah, we're at the end of the session and I should probably send a gift, blah, blah, blah. When it's semi-automatic like that, it's going to happen more regularly because it's not going to take you any time. So it's not going to get bumped to the end of your to-do list because we all get busy. The more that you set these kinds of things up as automations or semi-automations in your workflow, the more reliably they'll get done, the less time they'll take, 
and the more consistent your client experience is going to become. Okay, so misconception number two. And this is that when you automate things, they are going to necessarily feel less personal to your clients. I would say that if you are smart about them, automations can feel extremely personal. So like that last example of, you know, a book from a bookshop with a personal note in it or a basket of goodies from the bakery um, with a note and, you know, you picked out the thing that they love. Either of those examples, you know, any client is going to feel like that's an extremely thoughtful thing, right? And this is a situation where it really is the thought that counts. This is something unexpected. It's something above and beyond. And regardless of whether it was a pain in your butt or super easy for you, it's going to have the impact that you want it to have. So another area that seems like maybe it would feel less personal but doesn't need to is that email template um, or email automation. So you do not have to send automations that read like automations, right? They can be in your voice. They can be um, full of GIFs and photos and casual language. Like you should write your email templates exactly the way that you would write a regular email to a client. The difference is that you just go in and tweak those if you take the semi-automatic approach that I like to take with emails. So you're not going to have to worry about necessarily having that situation where somebody's first name isn't linked and instead they get an email that says, hey, first name, (laughs) which is, you know, we don't want that. Um, Although I do think that people give a bit of grace for that these days. Like everybody understands that this is what emails are like. And as long as you're getting them the information they need and they know that if they hit the reply button, they will get to you, it's not the worst thing that could happen. But if you are going in and touching each of these a little bit before they actually go out, you're going to avoid that problem altogether. Hang on, guys. I have a quick message for you. Did you know that This Can't Be That Hard isn't the only podcast I host? Each month, my marketing director, Dana, and I team up to bring you a fresh injection of marketing ideas and inspiration on our other podcast called The Consistency Club. The podcast is free and available to any photographer looking to uplevel their marketing game, or you can take it one step further and join The Consistency Club, where you get the extended version of the podcast along with monthly email and social media templates, bonus trainings, and special access to the live marketing events we host twice a year. If you're interested in tuning in, you can search for and subscribe to The Consistency Club wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to join us in the membership, you can visit go.thiscantbethathard.com slash club to sign up. And then there are emails that I do send automatically. So I... I recommend that you consider where it would be more important that the email go out in a timely fashion than the idea that it's exactly right all the time. And in that situation, I want to recommend that you use my friend Coley James' advice and actually address in the email that it is an automated email. So for example, if you set up an autoresponder to reply as soon as someone fills out your contact form, 
chances are they are going to know (laughs) that you didn't sit down and write this beautiful long response in 10 seconds after they filled out your contact form at two o'clock in the morning, right? Good. No problem. Acknowledge the fact that, hey, I'm sending you an automated response. Um, And do that in your voice. It doesn't have to say your response was recorded. I mean, like, absolutely write out your um, automation in a way that feels like you. It's on brand for you. People don't expect that you're going to be available 24 hours a day, but that doesn't mean that they don't appreciate prompt professional responses when they are trying to reach out to you. They are at the peak, you know, if they're filling out your contact form, they are at peak excitement for booking you. And so getting an instant response from you that maybe gives them something to deep dive on, you know, more pictures, more information, um, and certainly a time frame during which they can expect to get a real response from you, that is going to go a really long way. Misconception number three. Automations mean that you're not giving your clients the same amount of attention. And this is the one that really drives me crazy because I actually think that the opposite is true. The autoresponder that we were just talking about is actually a really good example of this. So even though it's automated, what you are doing is you are meeting your client where they are. You are giving them information when they most want it. Um, And you're doing that in a way that doesn't require you to be staring at your computer 24-7, right? But autoresponders are like the tippy tip top of the iceberg on this. I want you to think of your client's journey from start to finish, right? So the first one is when they first fill out your contact form. Um, But from then to when they book you and from when they book you to when their session happens and from their session to when their photos are delivered and from their photos being delivered to when they place an order and after their order is placed to when they receive it and after they receive it, like what about filling out your questionnaire? These are all points of time during which your clients are going to have questions and stumbling blocks and they're going to get excited and they're going to get stressed. And those are all opportunities for you to provide amazing customer service by meeting them where they are, showing up before they even know they want you to show up. And this, I in that conversation on Clubhouse, I actually talked about this. It's like when you are a waiter at a restaurant and you are watching over your tables. Ideally, you don't have to wait for someone to flag you down and say, hey, we need another round of drinks. Instead, you see that the drinks on the table are almost empty and you go over and say, hey, can I get you another round of drinks? That is good customer service. And that can be translated into your photography business and you don't have to do it with each individual client. You know that your clients have sort of a a trajectory, a journey that they go on, and you know where they're going to generally have those um, points where they want more or they need help or any of that sort of stuff. And you can anticipate that, create automations for it or semi-automations for it and um, get to them before they have to reach out to you. This I think about this sometimes like when you plug 
an address into the Maps app on your phone, right? Siri does not just automatically read you all the directions from your house to wherever you're going and then sit quietly for the rest of the drive, right? (laughs) No, she like pipes up as the journey progresses and tells you in a quarter mile turn left or whatever. We need to be Siri. Um, We need to make sure that we are sort of seeing that that next turn is coming up and reaching out at that point. And again, you can be Siri, you can be the good waiter without automations, but when that process is more or less the same with each client, doing it manually not only costs you tons of time and headspace, but it also deprives your clients of that time and headspace that you could be putting into a million other things that would make their experience better, right? You could be developing your craft, you could be improving your business, or you could even be spending more time with your family or getting more sleep. I mean, (laughs) let's not forget that the things that make you a better, more well-rested, not stressed out person also make your art better and allow you to be more present for your clients when they do have an issue that is a one-off or a not-so-common issue. You know that feeling when you are kind of in your happy place. You're totally present. You are your very best self. You feel like you could just knock a session out of the park or you, you know, could, I don't know, (laughs) if you're having a debate, like you could come up with the perfect retort. Maybe you could just got back from vacation and you're fully rested or you're fully caffeinated or you're in a great mood, whatever the case may be, you feel a thousand percent. You know that you are just better like that. And when you're, you know, you're on, And then, of course, (laughs) I'm sure you also know that sometimes you feel the opposite, Um, like you can't get your thoughts straight or your words come out wrong and everything just feels kind of slower and duller. So which version of you do you want to show up for your clients? Obviously, we would all love to be our best selves every single time. But we're not. We're humans. Sometimes we're sick. Sometimes our kids are sick. Sometimes we just had a fight with our spouse, like whatever the case may be. But when you automate the recurring tasks that work the same for all or most of your clients and you create email templates um, during those times when you are your best self, when you're fully focused and caffeinated, when you do that, what you're able to do is allow all of your clients to get the best most consistent, thoughtful version of you every single time. Now that I have fully embraced automations in my business and seen what a benefit they can be to both me and my clients, I find myself seeing new opportunities for automations in all kinds of little places, both in my business life and in my personal life. Um, I remember when I first learned to edit photos and I would stand in front of the mirror and be like, oh, I wish I could clone that out. <laughs> um, it's like that. I, you know, I'm finding these other areas of life that I'm like, oh, I could just, you know, set it up to automate this. Um, and then there are times in life where you can't automate things, and you can see that if you could, you might be better. You know, <laughs> when my kids are misbehaving, and I'm in a bad mood, and I flip out on them instead of having like a calm, constructive conversation about how they need to make better choices even in the moment, but certainly in retrospect, I say, I wish that I could have (laughs) automated my response to that instead of responding as I did in the moment. 
but in your business, there are many opportunities for you to create automations that give your clients a great experience, free up your headspace, and um, and make your business run more smoothly all across the board. So to recap, automations do not need to be fully automated to save you time. You can do what I do and semi-automate most things. Number two, automations do not need, need to feel robotic or stiff. They can be authentic to you. They can be authentic to your brand, your voice, and you don't need to always hide or apologize for the fact that you use automations. This is the 21st century and you are running a business. Finally, automations don't mean that your clients are going to get a less personal or less positive experience. In fact, I believe that in many ways, the opposite is true. So obviously I have mentioned email templates a lot in this episode. And if that is something that you want to learn more about, you can go way back to episode seven of the podcast to hear more about how I like to handle email templates. And since it's been a while, I should mention that episode seven also came with one of my most popular free downloads of all time. Um, and that is a set of five pre-written email templates that will kind of get you started in building your own template library. So I always suggest that you start your templates with those kind of difficult emails, the ones that, you know, when somebody tells you you're not hired or they're not happy with their photos or they want you to, you know, do work for them for photo credit or for free or whatever, um, having those pre-written emails done either just copied and pasted from what I have provided for you in the freebie or writing those when you are in that great headspace, that is going to allow you to respond in those situations quickly, professionally, and <laughs> as painlessly as humanly possible. So that's it for today. Don't forget to grab those five free email templates, which you can do in today's show notes at thiscan'tbethathard.com slash podcast slash 105. And I hope you guys have a great week. Well, that's it for this week's episode of This Can't Be That Hard. I'll be back same time, same place next week. In the meantime, you can find more information about this episode, along with all the relevant links, notes, and downloads at thiscan'tbethathard.com slash learn. If you like the podcast, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Even better, share the love by leaving a review in iTunes. And as always, thanks so much for joining me. I hope you have a fantastic week.